This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share and collaborate. Welcome to the EM Weekly slash student combined Christmas extravaganza. Oh, look at that. Yeah, look at those. Look at those graphics. Good morning. It's like a, it's like a late show going on. What, I love your hat, Dan. Don't trigger somebody's epilepsy. <laughs> Dan's got the grumpy Christmas hat on. That's freaking fantastic. Well, that explains my morning. I'm telling you that. We're, 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 ten, we're 10 minutes late uh, because of technology, which, you know, technology is great until it's not. So. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of technology, um, maybe. We'll go through the so today is a little light show. If you guys can't tell already, uh, we're gonna have fun um, with this holiday. I can't even say it. I can't even say the word because my my I'm, I'm so excited about this. So we have we're gonna be celebrating Christmas, a late Hanukkah, I suppose. Um, Festivus for the rest of us. Uh, winter solstice, Kwanzaa. I don't know. Add in whatever holiday that you feel like you're celebrating here. Uh, during this holiday season, because it's not about what you celebrate. It's about having a great end of the year for emergency management after this crappy 2020. And hopefully the uh, 2021 will, will uh, I don't know, be, be much better. So just a quick recap. We're going to do a recap show um, at the end of the year like we normally do. But, but, we have, <laughs> what could we have that adds to the, to the fun? We decided that we're going to have a, a volcano uh, as well going on. So we've had see hurricanes, fires, floods, pestilence, uh, and a volcano. We had anything Giant else? Giant grasshoppers. Pestilence, yeah. And, and plague. Yeah. Uh, you know what? The, the just think about that. Think about the like the pharaoh was going through back back in the day. That's what we're. we're are, we, are we going through the same thing? I don't know. Depends if you're really. No, he brought it on himself. He did. <laughs> Let my people go. That's what he listened to. But what Moses said. So uh, the grumpy eye. So okay. So this is what this is. We're going to talk about what can Santa Brian uh, bring us. And Brian, if you guys don't know, he's the producer um, of the show. He's in the back. He he says he won't come on the radio, on the air. But maybe we'll shame him into doing so. But I don't know. He doesn't have any shame sometimes. I'm looking at him right now. So, Dan, oh, is he going to do it? You might come on the air. So, uh, so Dan, what are some of the Christmas gifts that emergency managers probably should ask for from their friend, uh, family and friends and loved ones? And hi, Eileen. I love the hat. Well, I think, I think, uh, I think it depends on where you're at in your career as far as what's going to be on your, your Christmas list this year. Um, top of the list for some would be retirement. <laughs> uh so you know that's you know they, can you can you bring retirement early retirement and others it may be a new career uh depending on you know where you're at and and, and how much you really uh, want to be in emergency management for others it may be um more experience as as we're experiencing this year you know if one thing i've said is that we've been 
you know, this, this whole year, if one thing is, is done is bring a, a, a great experience. Um, and there's no, I mean, no emergency manager, no matter how tired they are right now, will be able to look back on this year and say that it was boring <laughs> and, say that, and say that, that uh, nobody understood what they did and why they did it and why it was important. Um, so uh, those are just the, the mental uh, Christmas list that I could think of. Um, uh, of course, on top of everybody's real Christmas list of emergency managers, a brand new spanking EOC um, capabilities with, with funding and a budget with a nice silver bow on top to start the new 2021. Oh yeah. I, I, I would say for sure on the Christmas list for most emergency managers would be funding, right? The budget for sure saying, Hey, and they coming over and saying, guess what? We're going to give you a budget and we're going to give you a staff to do your the job. Right. I think on, yeah, on, on my, team. what was that? A team. That's, oh. that, would, that should be, it'd be on the top of my list right now as a team of people to help you do the job when it's not just uh, in most places across the country, it's you're, you're single, right? It's a, it's a one person shop. You know, it's a, um, it's a one person wears many hats, you know, doing all the job or other duties assigned, it, you know, those who have teams don't really, un- I mean, I hope they understand how lucky they are to be in uh, the emergency management profession with a, a support team uh, to help them throughout Ab- these situations. Absolutely. I thought you said you wanted to, <laughs> I thought you said you wanted a bikini. I was like, well. Oh, well, you don't want to see this in a bikini. i tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, that's interesting, interesting request. But, yeah, no, definitely a team. Um, and then the budget part of it. For everybody out there, though, with, with Todd, if he's on the beach, it looks like he's wearing a sweater. At least with at least with me, uh, you get some skin. With him, it looks like he's wearing a sweater outside. Not that hairy. Oh no, no, no! Now, Eileen, this is supposed to be a fun show today, and I, she puts in there: bark beetles hit the forest in the west coast, added to the fires, so they can count. On, so that counts That's as locust. locust. There you go. That's true. They can count as locust. <laughs> true. I tell you what, man, this year. It's been, you know, it's, you know, we've been doing, and for those who have been watching our shows, you, you see all these different initiatives that we're doing and groups we belong to and, and talks that we're giving. And that's been one of the biggest, uh, biggest topics of the, of the, all the talks and all the, the communication is, is um, 2021, 2020 has been a, has been a bad year. 2021, it isn't like it's going to be a clean slate. We're going right in 2021. Everything magically is better. That'd be nice. Everything's gone. That's my Christmas uh, wish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we hope, right? We hope 2021 brings with us with so much, many, we're hoping a brighter sun and, and, and cooler breeze, but so, uh, so we're still so in COVID and so we're still we recovering right. and we got years and years to deal with this crap. So when I wake up on New Year's Day, watching the Rose Bowl parade was real, would be the real one. And, uh, you know, the weather would be great and football's there's no politics in sports and the sun is shining and COVID goes away. Is that not going to happen? Not going to happen, buddy. I mean, what do you want for Christmas? Did I just, did I just for, ruin 2021. You did. did I? <laughs> you did. I really had the hopes that that was going to happen. Like I was wake up. I'm sorry. Eat some pozole for breakfast. And, and, uh, well, you can still do all those things, but, uh, the world's still going to be, in co- midst of COVID, <laughs> yeah, this is true. Here's Casey, it is a, 
Uh, I think it would be very interesting to see what history books say about Twitter. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I'm, I'm like a big history buff anyway. Um, and I've been reading for, for years, I mean, all about what happened in 1918. I've been fascinated with what they're doing. And I, I really think we're paralleling a lot on, on that goes. So we'll put that on your, on your Christmas list, the, the book about uh, 1918. Or maybe you can write the history, Eileen, about that. What do you want for Christmas, Eileen? What, what would you like for your, your holiday season here? Uh, Santa Brian's in the other room, and he's going to wish, give everybody their wishes. So, you know, put, put on your list over here in the comments on what you'd like to have for your holiday season. Steve Kerr's out there. I know he is. And uh, I know it's going to be a late Hanukkah for you, but we can bring you a late Hanukkah gift too for that matter. So we'll add you know, Steve into that as, as well. So Santa, so grumpy, grumpy Santa over here. Uh, because you actually have the beard and starting to look a little like that. You know, um, what else do you think we should bring emergency managers uh, for Christmas? I, outside of the new AC, I think I think a new, uh, like, state-of-the-art emergency response, um, like, like vehicle. Not necessarily, you know what I mean? Like, with your command post type stuff? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be a good toy to have. I mean, everybody likes toys, especially right. in, in emergency management, emergency response, but... I think we need more. Um, I think we need more uh, non-tactical-looking uh, uniforms. We, we should give everybody a suit. Give everybody a, instead of tactical pants, a tactical casual. Give everybody slacks and a, and a nice shirt and maybe some ties. Change. Remember, we want to change the we want to change the look of the of the EM profession. Not so much tactical casual, uh, more investment-looking. Uh, I'm gonna start wearing ties next year. Just so uh, everybody knows. I'm too fat for ties. I have to lose about thirty pounds or so. I, I, I'm still on the I'm on the I'm on the cusp. I'm on the cusp, but I'm gonna start wearing tie, ties. Over time, my face goes up, you know. But I, should, I probably should lose weight anyway. Keith says happy holidays to Todd and Casey. I'm not sure Keith. I'm not sure who Casey is, but happy holiday to Casey as well. <laughs> <laughs> or Daniel, or maybe Casey's out there too. Um. I think we he, should have Eileen on the show. I think so too. I think so too. Keith Harrison, I one of my favorite people to talk to in the entire world. Um, he is uh, old school emergency manager. Uh, gets things done. Awesome dude. If you guys don't know Keith, you should connect with him. He's on. He's coming to us from Facebook today. Awesome dude. Happy holidays, Keith. So, oh, okay. I'm just reading Eileen's. Uh, Managers who understand the importance of preparedness for me. Yeah, no, you're right. I think preparedness is, is the way to go, right? That's top, that, could be, that could be very close to the top of the list. That's for sure. That, that, that can relate to us too, you know, uh, educating them and being part, of the, being part of that solution. I think COVID-19, 2020, will, will definitely, has definitely, I've said it's brought lots of positive things. And one of those positive things is it's brought light to the position and it's brought light to the individuals who are supposed to be in the position and um, and making sure that those who are in that position are quality individual qualified individuals that could do the job. And um, and one of the things that we've done, if you watch my show much, is we brought on um, North Dakota State University, which has one of the best systems for um, emergency management, but they're training, they have the minor. And I think we should be more pushing more of that around uh, around the country is, doesn't matter what industry you go into, there's a minor, there's an understanding of emergency management. That would be 
um, I mean, you go into, if you want to be a doctor, you, you, you know, emergency management, is. a nurse, you know, emergency management, is. construction, you know what emergency management is. These are, you know, all these different industries. Uh, it would be a great way to, to push and make people understand what emergency management is, why it's important and how they can support the, uh, the overall goal of what we do. I think that if you're going into public administration, if you want to be a city manager, a mayor, a, a whatever, anything that's doing with public policy groups has to have classes in emergency management and understand it because I think that's 90% of our problem that we have in our field is you have leaders uh, in positions that do not understand what an emergency manager is, really does. You know, and that's when you get this, the, the uh, you, you know, like I'm, I think I've told you guys this before, but. Uh, in the city that I used to live in, the emergency manager was in the HR department. Um, not even part of, you know, and and it, I guess it made sense because HR was was uh, in charge of risk, right, risk and safety, and so I guess they just threw them in there because it just seemed like a place to put them, and they haven't changed it. So, so uh, yeah, you know, so we, all over the place where emergency management can be, uh, but if the administration understands what emergency managers are, uh, and we go back to the funding. Uh, maybe they'll get properly funded for for what we're doing, and you know, it goes back into preparedness, right? How do we prepare our communities, um, and then how do we prepare prepare our communities without a budget? So uh, that well, I mean, said, that's one of the things too. We, I've seen this year, and I've talked to you. I've actually, me and you, I know we have had conversations about this, is, and I'm seeing it more and more, and it just goes to show there's still such a a wide misunderstanding of what emergency management is and why it's so important. Is is they're combining the job with with like right now, what I've seen, what I'm seeing the most right now is uh, jobs that are going out and uh, in the in the description of what the job is, it's it's um, OSHA, you know, it's ADA yeah. and it's, you know, which is great. Emergency managers should know these things, but that's not what an emergency manager does. Um, so environmental health and safety. Yeah, they should. Emergency managers should know that stuff, but that's not what they're going to do every day. And these are these are combining these these uh, positions to make emergency management, environmental health and safety. Uh, risk management, safety compliance, um, and they're mixing them in together. And it, and these are full-time jobs that they're putting together. I mean, there's people out there that that's what they do full-time. And then they're putting these jobs and, and expecting them, one person to do all of these things. And what they're doing is they're really, even if they hire somebody, which their mind, their heart may be in the right place, they hire somebody to do that, but they're, they're limiting the potential of the position, the potential of the individual, because their their attention is split by so much that their attention to detail and their attention to the things they need to be paying attention to, um, they don't get to spend that time, and it and it does affect the quality of the individual in the job because they're not getting to do the job. Absolutely. Hey, speaking of, of holiday gifts, you know one of the things that um, I got some people is some some gear, and as you guys know, we're sponsored by Vanquest. Bags and VanQuest bags is one of the one of the things I bought some people uh, this year, and I, I got to use the twenty uh, percent EM weekly uh, discount, EM weekly five, EM five weekly I should say, EM five weekly uh, discount because it changed. And so, so yeah, uh, so go to VanQuest.com, um, buy a, a bag or two, put in the EM five weekly at the dis at the checkout and. Uh, get additional discounts off of the already offer discounts that are there. So I think you guys should go and do that today. Seconds count during an emergency. That's why at Titan HST, 
We're always inventing new technology to help people stay safe and help people who can provide help get connected with people who need help. At Titan HST, we've deployed mesh networking, allowing emergency communication, even when networks are down, augmented reality, and real-time translation. We believe in the power of people to help each other stay safe and thrive. The Outer Limit Supply Company was founded on the idea of providing high-quality first aid kits. Their goal is to supply the life-saving equipment you'll need to mitigate the majority of injuries often seen during austere times. From minor injury on an outdoor adventure with your family to your team responding to a major traumatic event, Outer Limits Supply has the kits to manage most situations, providing practical, user-friendly first aid kits that anyone can use. Enter EM Weekly, all capitals, at checkout and save 20% off your total purchase. Go to www.outerlimitsupply.com today. That's OuterLimitsSupply.com. Thank you so much for listening to the sponsors, and please reach out to them. Let them know that we sent you, because without them, we could not bring the grumpy hat Santa over there uh, uh, like we do today. So, more Christmas gifts ideas. Um, yeah, absolutely. Eileen, seat at the table. Seat at the table. That is a you're, – you're right. I think that's the thing. You know, I'll tell you a quick story about that. So um, a good friend of mine is an emergency manager. I won't say where. Um, and so they're going through, you know, the pod stuff, right? Because we're, they're, they're, a, they're a pod site. Um, they, uh, you, you know, he's been in contact a little bit with, with, the, um, with the county health department because you know, they're, they're kind of operating it, but they're using the property. And they kind of – Went around him a little bit, um, went to some of the leadership. Leadership starts freaking out about it, you know, puts together this um, this conference call. And lo and behold, he, he doesn't get the invite uh, to be on the conference call. And then they're, they're like, hey, where's this particular person? Why isn't he on this conference call? And and uh, uh, because his boss didn't think it was necessary for him to be on the on the call, you know. And he's going to be the guy who's going to be responsible for running this entire thing from their from their perspective, and it's just like, understand. And he's a director. He's not even like a, you know, say even like he's not a coordinator position or you know, he's a his title's director. So he has a good title, but yeah, they they just went around him. Um, and the seat at the table is important, you know. They, and that's another thing too, you know, moving moving the emergency manager around and who they report to. Um, I think that the emergency manager should be reporting to. Um, the highest official. So if you're in a city, should be reporting to the city manager, um, you know, or in some cases like say Los Angeles or larger New York City, which I think they do in New York, but reporting to the mayor directly, not not around. You know, um, what do you think of that, Daniel? I agree with you 100. percent I mean, in, in that in in doing that too, you you actually improve and increase the level of the individual that you're getting in the position. Uh, when they when they have an equal uh, when they have an equal footing as a, as same as the fire chief and the police chief, um, and they can and they have influence and leadership and um, and budgeting and direct communication with those who uh, make decisions, that uh, they're you can you're you're not going to be able to beat uh, an EM program that has that capability uh, that has that type of buy-in and program management. 
I want an emergency management side by side, like like the uh, Razor or the Rhino. That's what I want. Well, I, and I, I don't I don't disagree. I, I think it's you know when I when I was in Waco, um, that's the that's the way it was at one point. It was they all they all were equal. I mean, there was the emergency manager, there was the direct, there was the police chief, and then there was the fire chief. Um, and then through time, uh, you could see a, a emergency uh, uh, someone who doesn't really understand it say, "Oh well, why is the emergency manager not reporting to um, the fire chief?" Well, then you just put another layer between um, emergency management and and city management. And sometimes when, especially when the individuals that you're reporting to don't understand uh, their importance or they don't find it themselves, because there's a lot of people out there who work in, in the response profession who don't believe emergency management is a valuable asset. They yeah. think they response is where it's at. So they'll, they'll, they'll do everything they can to limit and put their thumb on and, and, and in, in many times humiliate uh, people um, because they, they feel like their, their position, it means more than emergency manager position. And it's just not the case. But in, in more what I'm seeing more than that is they're not even answering directly to the chief. They're answering to a captain in some cases or or a, a lieutenant in the, in the police department or people that don't understand emergency management. It's hard to really do your job when the people you answer to, who answer to someone else, who answer to someone else. Who answers to somebody lose, else. They, they, you know, you lose the... Uh, the communication, you lose the understanding, you lose, you lose momentum. Um, and, and, and I've, and I've had it both ways. I've had it where when I first started, I had many layers and by the, by, and, but I learned that through my time. And as I learned, and as I built my, my knowledge of it, I had to be answering to the, the, the t- people at the top, the people that made the decisions. And so that's where I worked my, my, my road to where I was answering to uh, the vice presidents and the president. See, what are, the, and, what are the problems with that? I mean, with being that down, right, <clears throat> is that if you have to go around legal, not, not, even, not even trying to, like, submarine somebody, but you have to go around them. So, for instance, like when Brock Long uh, was reporting directly to the president, you know, during, the, during a couple of the hurricanes that came through, uh, and he really uh, burnt his bridge with his boss, who is the uh, uh, secretary of DHS, right? Um, or Homeland Security, I should say. You know, you know so, so, you know, they, they caused the problem between those two. You know what I mean? And you know, she didn't want to see him go directly to the president, but the president requested it, and but it, it caused that friction. You know, um, and and so, yeah, if that happens, that that friction causes. Now you have to do the whole. You know, I'm sorry, Mia Copa, building those bridges back against with your boss because he he or she feels that you went around him. You know, and so. That sucks too. That sucks for the emergency manager, for morale, for getting stuff done. And it goes back to when Eileen said, hey, let's get preparedness as being a gift. Emergency managers that are looking at preparedness, we do, and I'll, I'll, I'll say very well. I mean, we could always improve, right? But response, we do outstanding, right? We suck at recovery in, in, in general. Right, I mean, like, well, yeah, but I'm saying we'll, we'll pick. We could pick on each one of those, but I'm saying like yeah. everybody's like, ooh, response, ooh, and then like you go to recovery, and it's so slow and painful to get things done. I mean, you know, we're just now getting like after action reports uh, for some of the larger fires here in California. Um, Paradise is still going through the recovery process. 
you know, um, and, and so how do we streamline that? You know, and I think that's one of the things as emergency managers we can get into and streamline, um, you know, the recovery, right? Could we work with the cities and, and uh, reduce or eliminate fees for rebuilding? Not saying that they shouldn't, the code has to be followed or maybe even increase the code, but, you know, the fees that go along with that, um, but they could be, you know, for the, for the, or cutting that red tape you know, of getting this stuff done in the inspections and whatnot. So so we have to do a better job at that. And so I think adding that to the Christmas list is having an organization that understands that emergency management isn't just about um, about that response phase. And uh, almost to the point to where I think maybe, maybe just maybe, um, we start leaning back into the concepts of, uh, of what civil defense used to be, where it wasn't just about response. It had everything do with the community coming together to be prepared for that. I don't want to necessarily, I don't want to do a name change. I'm not advocating that by any means, excuse me. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, and I don't, and I agree with that, that aspect too. And I, and what I think you know, as far as it goes is, um, as you said, you related back to civil defense, you don't want to do a name change, but ultimately we do need some type of standardization um, when it comes to what we're called. I mean, it's, it's different everywhere. I mean, it is different everywhere. There's, 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 emer- there's the Department of Emergency Managers, Office of Emergency, Office of Emergency Services, Department of Emergency Management and Homeland Security, Department of Homeland Security, Emergency Management. It's never the same, and people get confused by that. And there needs to be some sort of, not only in standardization in us, as, us as the individual, but in the overall profession, um, and and what we're called, where we're located, um, who we answer to, you know what it all needs to be standardized because there's so much up and down and, and um, level of level of even the individual level, of the person that's in the position level of experience, level of education levels of training that we feel they should have. There's no, there's no equal footing. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, that going beyond that, just the United States that we have our, our own issues. But um, if you go to, you know, England, or, or, or I know if it's the entire UK or just England, they, they're called uh, emergency planners and, and what they're called. That's the same thing as the emergency manager. And then the other thing too is um, Europe calls it crisis. Crisis is the term, not emergency. So crisis management is the same thing as emergency management, you know? So, I mean, I mean, not saying that we have to change again, I'm not advocating because if we go through a whole changing of what the, the nomenclature, it gets confusing. But you're right, some sort of standardization. And I know that FEMA is working on that um, and and whatnot, but I, I think we need to embrace that too. But that goes to back to standardizing, you know, where that position is. And and so going back to the police fire and EM, and in EMS, if you will, in some cases where the EMS is not part of the fire department, um, you, you know, it there there is no standardized. Everybody knows, you know, what an EMS, you know, what a paramedic is, what an EMT is. You know, everybody knows in the fire department what the firefighter does, you know, what the engineer does, right? Um, you know, the police department, they all have their roles and understand what those roles are. Um, but emergency management's kind of all over the board um, on, on that. I agree with that. Um, yes, and Eileen, again, pops in and says, everyone needs to understand that mitigation will help with recovery. And absolutely, absolutely. I think all phases, right? I mean, we, we have to do all phases well. And that's the other thing too. <clears throat> Going back into the um, thanks, buddy. Merry Christmas, buddy. I see, buddy. Yeah. Merry Christmas, buddy. Um, I, I, that's the other thing too. Is like 
when we start looking at what we do as emergency managers, if we're only focusing on the response phase, right? And that's the sexy phase, right? That's the one that gets on TV and everything like that. But if we don't do the other phase as well, the response phase is going to fail at some point as, as well. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes when you see people complaining about the mistakes that are made during um, during a response, it isn't necessarily the, the response that they're complaining about. I think they're, they're complaining mostly about, if you really take a look at what they're talking about, is trying to get back to being whole again, <clears throat> or at least get back to their property, you know, and start the recovery process. Because um, everybody wants to get back to normal, uh, whatever that normal is or was, and sometimes it's not possible for them to get back to normal. Um, but that's that's kind of where you start seeing a lot of the complaints about what we do in emergency management and where the failures are. And you're absolutely right, mitigation will help with that process. Well, I think too. I mean, with fire, you you have you have those that the the, the teaching of proper you know, keeping fire extinguishers, proper maintenance of your smoke detectors, and you know proper you know procedures on how to avoid uh, things catching fire or uh, fire spreading. And, and with law enforcement, you have how to properly protect your your belongings, how to properly secure your home. Well, emergency management needs to be in the homes too. Yeah, and we need more. We need more uh, public education on properly being prepared for an emergency of all different. If you got a prop, if you got to jump in your vehicle and leave, being prepared for that. If you got to hunker down uh, because of say COVID um, for for a few weeks, that you're prepared for that. If you have to, you know that you're always you keep. We teach, you know, if you always keep gas in your car, always keep you know, all these things. We need to have that. We need to be in the in the homes. Of, of the citizens as well, not just fire and, and PD and, you know, keeping a first aid kit, all these other things that, that they teach and they, they put, they push into people and people do because they're being recommended by law enforcement professionals, fire professionals. Well, we need to be at that same level and we need to raise our standards to that same level. Our level of engagement to the community needs to be at that same level that we are educating the community on the importance of emergency preparedness and management and mitigation techniques and re- how they can best recover from and completely not being reliant on their local government or federal government. Um, yeah, and that's and what's, that's what's happening everywhere. I mean, it's like, well, if we're going to get a check. What if that check doesn't come? Right. You know, <laughs> well, what, Dan, and, when, when was the last time that you were invited to an elementary school to talk about emergency preparedness? I've never been invited to an elementary school and I've asked, you know, I've actually, the, the, my, my daughter's, uh, you know, has at her elementary school has had the police department show up a couple times. The fire department show up a couple times, and um, but and she's never said anything about the city emergency manager coming out to her school to talk about preparedness. Nope. You know? And I've actually I've actually volunteered to come in and, and you know different levels. When I was in Waco, we, we we had more of those opportunities because I was a city county office. But even as a even as a, a practitioner at whatever organization you work for, ask to come and talk to your kid's school. Ask to come talk to your kid's class. Um, put yourself out there. I mean, you've never been invited, but you know, when you ask and you put yourself out there, uh, teach kids how to make kits, teach kids how to, how to do these things. Um, and, and we can change the, we need to change the the mindset. We need to change the culture. Mm-hmm. Eileen says, uh, city planners need to understand that they are part of the problem. If they do not take, uh, potential issues into consideration, emergency managers need to seat at the table in the zone. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and that's, you know, I think if you do start a recovery plan, um, 
you know, putting that zony stuff and having those conversations um, as as well. You know, and, I, and shame on us too. And, and I'll, I'm going to push put push those fingers back at us. You know, sometimes we need to to be a little bit more aggressive out there within our cities. You know, go um, and reach out to your local Rotary Club and Lions Club and Chamber of Commerces and and the schools and 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 let them know that you are an asset for your city. You know where you're at. You know, I, I think sometimes uh, we get very comfortable sitting amongst ourselves talking about what we're doing, but you know, have we really gone out and uh, knocked on those doors and said, "Hey, we're here." Here's some programs, you know, especially when you talk about like your, your cities, um, you know, when you go out to them and, and to your chamber of commerces, because they're the ones that at the end of the day, when the recovery happens and the tax base happens, you know, the ones who we're going to be working with and have that relationship built up prior to an event, uh, we should be doing this. So I, I have to say, I'll point the fingers back, you know, like this, shame on us for for not being that more aggressive and more out there because maybe that's what we're doing wrong. Maybe, maybe the fire department, Oh, it's bothering me. Maybe the fire department, um, you know, will uh, you know, does a better job at that, you know, because they have the fire prevention, um, you know, wing of them. You know, uh, law enforcement has the community um, groups, the the crime prevention groups that go out. You know, McGruff, you know, things like this. You know, I mean, heck, nine one one dispatchers have the you know the Ready Fox guy that goes out and does the the nine one one dispatch stuff. You know, to teach kids how to call nine one one and whatnot. You know, um, you know the junior paramedic program that was out here in LA County uh, for a while. You know, so those programs are out there to to get into the schools, and maybe we should do a better. I should maybe, I'm gonna take the maybe out of there. We need yeah, to we do a better job do. of, of we, reaching out. Must must. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of we should all over the place. Yeah. We must do these things. Like we can should 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 I should I should we quit, we gotta quit shitting all over the place. <laughs> We should, must do these things. That's, we that's must great. do these things to better our our professional life, to better the profession in general, but to also prepare our communities in these to be ready for these situations. We must do these things. Right. Oh, by the way, to the all the to the regulators that are out there that are listening to the podcast, he said should all over the place. <laughs> just just be be clear on that. We're shooting not the other thing. So, uh, Joe Bryan, Merry Christmas. Oh, Brownie, Merry Christmas to guys. Yeah, no problem. Merry Christmas to you, Joe. Thank you for being here. Hey, we're getting close to the end, and I just uh, I want to say this really quick, and I'll let, I'll let Dan bring us home when, we're, when, when I am done. Everybody, I want to just wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas for those that are celebrating. Um, and seriously, have a great holiday season. I know we're closing up here for the most part. A lot of places are cutting down uh, for a couple weeks here, and and, uh, you know, the new year is coming in. Uh, I, I do appreciate everything that you guys do out there. I thank you for spending so much time with us over the year. Uh, we do have our new year's show, uh, coming up, which we'll be discussing, uh, the year in review. Uh, if you guys have anything that you'd like to add to that, please reach out to, to me or to Daniel. Uh, you can get me at Todd at emweekly.com or Daniel at Daniel at emweekly.com. Uh, and shoot us an email. Let us know, uh, what you think. Uh, we should talk about for the review of 2020. Daniel, to you, and we'll go home after that. All right. So next, so just to, to clarify, um, the end of the, the end of the year show will be next Wednesday, uh, not Thursday. So next Wednesday at nine o'clock, and hopefully we'll go live on time uh, with with no uh, with very little uh, technical problems. Um, I, I definitely, you know, just thank you to everybody 
that that watches um, these podcasts and listens to these podcasts and and shares our show, but also takes takes participation. We take participation in the in the conversation, the comments it means a lot to us. What you do every day, um, we we we're, we've we've done it, we do it, and we understand it, and we understand the frustrations, and we understand also the successes that that go with that. Um, we definitely want to be of help um, as we prepare for 2021. Um, reach out to us, as Todd said. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll be seeing you next year for a Happy New Year. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast player, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and uh, you get to see Dan's smiling face, though. And we'll talk to you soon. Merry Christmas. And subscribe on your favorite podcast player, Android, iTunes, (laughs) Spotify, Pandora... You name the player, we're on it. I heart. There he is. About time. Santa Brian. Yay. <laughs>